conference, let me just say, it's kind of interesting. I never intended to uh, really do a lot of these, but uh, uh, over the last few years, I have gotten more and more and more calls from pastors to do family conferences. I, th I think about 20% of my meetings now are family conferences. And uh, I think one of the reasons is a lot of pastors uh, are beginning to see and understand that uh, uh, our families, a lot of our families are in a mess. And uh, the church is only going to go as far as the family goes. If, uh, if there are not real men in the church, and if there are not uh, ladies, uh, good Christian ladies, uh, that are um, uh, fulfilling the role that God has appointed them to, uh, the church is going to be in a mess. And uh, so I always enjoy uh, preaching family conferences. I enjoy it very much. Uh, if at the end of the week I, I get something accomplished, uh, uh, help a family, help a man, husband, help a wife, uh, help raising children, whatever, to me the week's worth it. Even if it's one family, the week is worth it. And uh, that's what this week is all about. Now, if you were here last night, last night I preached to who? Come on, man. Come on. Maybe I need to preach to the men again. Amen? Last night I preached to the men. Amen? And, uh, you know, today they talk about equal opportunity. Amen? And so tonight we're going to... Why are you smiling so much? That's, that can be very dangerous to your health. You know? <laughs> now you're going... Ooh, 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 you know? <laughs> and so tonight we're going to preach to the... The ladies. Amen? We're going to preach to the ladies. And uh, who knows what will happen tomorrow night. Amen? <laughs> but uh, tonight we're going to take a little bit of time and uh, just talk to the ladies. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn over to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. Good to have my mother with me. She is the mean one of the family. I'll tell you what, I, I am still carrying bruises from when I was a young child from her. And uh, I have been permanently warped from her being so mean to me when I was growing up. I mean, look at her. Doesn't that... Doesn't that I mean, she just oozes meanness, does she not? I mean, look at that face. I mean, I'll tell you. But it's good to have, and I'm going to pay for it on the way home. Amen? I am going to pay dearly for this. <laughs> Genesis chapter 2. Look at verse 18. And the Lord said, It is not good that man should be alone. I'm glad that verse is in there. Amen? I hate being alone. I will make him and help meet for him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all cattle, to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found an helpmeet for him. The Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his, what's that next word? Ribs. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. I'm going to bring you a message tonight. Here's the title. Woman, prime rib, or spare rib. Amen? Now you think about that for a moment. Does that not have a lot of truth to it? Come on. There's a lot of ladies today in our marriages, they're not helping the marriage, they're hindering the marriage. Amen? And so ask yourself the question, woman, prime rib or spare rib? That's the title tonight. Let's pray. Father, 
We thank you for the time that we can gather here. And Lord, we can even thank you for the good times that we can have. The good times of fellowship and the laughter and everything. But Lord, I pray also that as we go through these messages that we would understand that we are dealing with some very, very serious subjects this week. And so Lord, I pray that we would we would have that type of spirit and attitude also as we cover these topics. Lord, I pray that you would help to make me a blessing tonight and an encouragement to these dear sweet ladies that are represented here. Uh, Lord, you know that if we were honest as husbands, uh, what, where would we be, what would we do without our wives? And so Lord, I pray tonight that, uh, that uh, as we go into this message for the ladies, for the wives, and even for these young girls that will someday have a husband. Lord, I pray that they might be able to just use this message as a checkup, uh, just like we did with the men last night. Give us a good service. Fortune in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm told a story that an angel came to Adam before Eve was ever created. The angel came to Adam and said to Adam, Adam, we're going to create for you an individual. Somebody like you, but much, much different. Adam said, oh, well, what will it be? And the angel said, well, it's not an it, it's a she. And Adam said, a, a she, huh? Well, what will that she do? The angel said, well... When you come in from tending the garden every day, she will meet you at the door. She'll be beautifully dressed, and she'll smell so good. She'll open up her arms and give you a big hug and give you a big kiss, and then she'll bring your slippers for you. And she'll massage your shoulders and fix you a wonderful meal and a wonderful dessert. Why are some of you men looking at me like with blank stares right now? <laughs> then after the dessert, she's going to do the dishes, and then she's going to come and sit at your feet, look up at you, and be ready to obey your slightest wish. Adam couldn't believe his luck. Ladies, you can smile here. Come on now. It's just a story. <laughs> Adam said... He says, that sounds so wonderful. What's it going to cost me? The angel said, it's only going to cost you an arm and a leg. Adam thought for a second. He said, well, what do you think I can get for just a rib? Huh? <laughs> you know, I don't know about you, but I thank God for my wife. How about you, man? Come on. My, uh, my life revolves around my wife. She's the one that settled me down. Now, my mother's sitting here. She knows what I was like growing up. Amen. I mean, you know, I mean, those, she didn't get them gray hair for nothing, just because of old age, huh? But uh, my wife, she, she's the one that kind of settled me down. Uh, she's the reason that I'm saved. Uh, my wife is my best friend. She's the one that makes our house a home. She's somebody that I can call every morning, every afternoon, every evening. And you know what? I know she's faithful. I know she loves me. And I know that she misses me as much as I miss her. Uh, she was invaluable in raising our children. She can outcook most men. Not me, but most others. <laughs> you notice she's not here. Uh, she has been somebody to share the goods and the bads of life. She's my lover. She's my companion. She's my encourager. Over the years, it has been her illogical thinking that has kept my world from being dull. Huh? Uh, she 
is exactly what God intended for me to have for a complete life. I hear some men, and let me just say this again. I, I do a lot of family. I hear men say this. I don't know why they do it, but they do. I hear some men, they, they, they come up and they say, I wonder, I wonder if I married the right one. You know what? I never have to ask that question. Never do. I absolutely, positively know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I married the right woman. And men, I hope you can say that tonight too. And ladies, those of you that are ladies here tonight, I trust that the desire of your heart is for your husband to think and feel exactly the same way about you. And you know what? You can. Did you get that? You can. But you've got to do it God's way. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 22 says this, Whoso findeth a wife findeth a... Anybody know the next two words? A good thing. A good thing. And obtaineth favor of the Lord. A good thing. What is that? That is a wife indeed. That is a woman, a lady, a wife that knows the qualifications of being the right kind of a wife, but she not only knows the qualifications, but she strives to meet those qualifications. You see, ladies, being a good wife doesn't happen by accident. The husband has his responsibility. and We stepped on some toes last night, did we not? But you know what? The wife also has hers. And if the wife does not fulfill those responsibilities, if she doesn't constantly work at it, then she's what I call a spare rib and not a prime rib. Amen? Now, here's the question. How can you be the prime rib? Here's what I want to do. I want to give you just five simple thoughts. You say, preacher, you only had one thought for the men. Am I not right? Well, that's all men can handle with the small brain they got. Amen? You ladies here, you're a lot smarter. You can handle way more than men. You think I'm kidding. I'm not, you know. Man, us men, we can only assimilate. Well, you know, when I hit the men the first time, they were in a state of shock the rest of the night. Amen? One thought, that's it. But you ladies here, listen, you are, you are far better at handling uh, a number of points. So I'm going to leave you with five simple thoughts. That, listen, I, I really trust that all of you will, will work. And some of these, listen, I, I absolutely know some of you are already there on some of these. But you know what? We always need to be reminded of these things. And if you're not there, you can work to incorporate some of these areas in here. Let me just say this. My first point, let me just say you don't worry. My first point I'm going to spend a little bit of time on. Amen? The other four will go fairly fast, but I want to spend just a little bit of time on the first point. All of them begin with the letter S, so they're easy to remember that way, okay? Five S's, you'll be remembered. First of all, if you want to be the prime rib and not the spare rib, first of all, you will see in a woman's life, a wife's life, what I call the spirit of submission. The spirit of what? Submission. Ladies, understand something, and I know some of you know this, but we need to be reminded of this. There is a divine order in the home. You know, it's interesting, in the military or in a corporate office, there is what we call a chain of command. Am I not right? Now, what is that chain of command? That's what keeps that, that organization functioning. Now, in the marriage, there's only two human people involved. But the chain of command is all, all important. Now, what is the chain of command? What is the divine order in the home? It's really very simple, and a lot of people don't want to hear it this way, but it's Bible. Man leads, woman follows. That's it. That's it. In the first seven verses of Genesis chapter 3, we have recorded there the fall of man. Eve was very much involved in that fall. Are we in agreement there? Huh? Eve was the one that acted independently of Adam. Eve never said, well, you need to talk to Adam. She never went to Adam and said, Adam, what do you think about this? And then after Eve did this, then Adam followed her, and then he partook of the fruit also. Now, stay with me here. 
In the following verses of Genesis chapter 3, God then speaks to all the guilty parties, and He hands out His punishment to both parties. Are we still on the same page? In Genesis chapter 3 and verse 16, God speaks to Eve here, and He says this, And thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. Now let me ask you a question this morning. I am not trying to be a Neanderthal. Amen? But listen, you read this. Is there any doubt at all that God has ordained the woman to follow? You know, something interesting, I don't know whether you've ever noticed this or not, but nothing has been said about the order of the home prior to the fall. I run into men and women when I do these family conferences. I run into men and women and they gripe about their role in the home. I have men come up, well, why do I always got to lead? And then women come, well, why do I always got to follow? And the answer is really very simple because God ordered it that. It's just that simple. Do you know why we have so many problems in marriages today? Why so many women, I mean in America, in our churches, are so miserable and angry and bitter and unhappy, they fight against God in this area. Again, you look at Genesis chapter 3 and verse 16. He shall rule over thee. Now, if you sit here tonight and you say, well, I, I believe my Bible, then how do you explain that away? If you say that you believe in your Bible, you can't. You see, when a, when a wife says no, I am not going to obey my husband. When a wife says that, then she has to live in complete rebellion, defiance, and disobedience, not only to her husband, but also to the Bible and to God. And it's gotten awful quiet in here. Come on. Submissiveness is the key to harmony in the home. You know what, ladies? Listen. You can be doing everything else right in the home. But if you're not submissive, you're not what I call the prime rib. And if I can just add this, if you're, here to, if you're here tonight and you're a mother, you ever stop and think that as a mother and you have daughters, you are literally a living, breathing example to your daughters. You are really the only real example that they ever see in a home. And if that wife rebels and if she disobeys and if she sneaks and if she has a bad spirit, I'm going to tell you something the daughters will be that way too. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 21. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Verse 24, notice this. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Now, you know what that's talking about there? That is talking about absolute submission. Now, why is that? Why does God word it that way? Why does God put it that way for the wives? Colossians chapter 3 and verse 8, I think, gives us the answer. In Colossians chapter 3 and verse 8, the Bible says this, Wives... Submit yourselves unto your own husbands as it is fit. Did you get that word there? As it is fit in the Lord. That word fit, what he's saying is, is God has made it to fit this way. Have you ever tried to do one of those puzzles and you're missing a piece? If you're missing just one piece, that puzzle becomes what? It's worthless. Am I not right? Uh, if you take your car in to be repaired, if there is one little piece that's just a little bit off, if it just doesn't quite fit the way it ought to, that car isn't going to run right. Am I not right? We understand that. The parts are made to fit that way. That's how God made the marriage. And the marriage won't work if the parts don't fit. That's what he's talking about here. 
And so often we think, well, I can, I can do this and I cannot do that. And no, it doesn't work that way, folks. It just doesn't work that way. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 1 again, Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. You see, a godly woman, a godly wife, will be in subjection to her husband. You say, well, Brother Barons, that's wonderful. Uh, I'll be the right kind of wife if he's the right kind of husband. Well, you read 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 1 again, you don't see any ifs there. Amen? There is no exception clause. You know what? A wife can, can pray six hours a day. She can go out soul winning four hours a day. She can read her Bible four hours a day. But God says she is not a godly spiritual wife if she's not in subjection. You see, without subjection, there can be no order in the home. Without subjection, that home literally will not run smoothly. It won't glorify God. Again, that idea of submit. It's the idea of what we just talked about. It's the idea of getting into step. Making everything fit together so that that marriage works smoothly. Anybody here, uh, who was that? Um, years ago, anybody here ever remember watching Gomer Pyle, USMC? Huh? Remember? Come on. Shazam, shazam, shazam. Huh? Remember that? Come on. And uh, you remember Sergeant Carter? How many remember Sergeant? Come on. Now, some of you probably haven't heard that in years, have you? Sergeant Carter... Now, when Sergeant Carter, you had the whole platoon, right? And Sergeant Carter was marching those recruits. And uh, I mean they were, I mean they were just moving as one, right? But in the middle, what was happening? Somebody wanted, come on. Gomer, right? Gomer was out of step. And it drove Sergeant Carter. Carter, nuts! Am I not right? You say, well, that's just... No, 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 that's real life, folks. The Marine Corps is fanatical about close-order drill. Way more than the Air Force. I had to get that in. I'm sorry, brother. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> I was a drill instructor for two years at Paris Island, South Carolina. You know what drives you nuts? Just to be called and caged and seeing that platoon go down the parade deck and have one recruit out of step. It would mess up the whole thing. Now, ladies, understand something. When a wife will not submit, she's out of step. What's she out of step with? The will of God. Now, understand something else. This will be an encouragement to you. Understand something else. That word submit... You know what that is? That is literally on your part if you're a wife. That is literally what we call a voluntary act. You voluntarily submit yourself to your husband because that is your role in the marriage. See, if a lot of wives would understand that, we'd have a lot less problems. Hey, can I just say this? I am in the ministry tonight because of my wife. Huh? Boy, some cavemen wouldn't like that. Hmm? My wife allows me. Did you get that? She allows you, brother. Brother Bergana, your wife allows you to be in the minute. Hey, boy, you got a lot of power. Huh? They allow us to be in the ministry. You say, whoa, 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 what do you mean? You know what? All my wife has to say someday is, hey, bud, drop dead. And I'm done for. Are you, are, you see that? My wife, by her submission, she allows me to stay in the ministry. All she'd have to do one day is say, hey, that's it, man, we're done. I'm not going to do it. I'm done for. My wife is going to answer to God someday for her submissiveness. I am going to answer to God for what we preached on last night, my leadership in the home. Now, that does not, when the wife is submissive, get this, ladies, boy, get this, it'll change your life here, it'll change your outlook if, you, if, you, if you're thinking wrong right here. That does not make the wife inferior. And it does not make the man or the husband superior. <laughs> Nothing could be further from the truth. You say, whoa, 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 wait, my brother. Yeah, 
If I'm under the man, that that means that I'm that I'm inferior. No, it does not. It does not. Listen. You know what it means? All that means is this, is that God has set it up to where somebody has to call the shots for the smooth functioning of the man. That's it. When I got over to Vietnam, I spent 14 months with a rifle company in Vietnam. When I got over to Vietnam, Brother Pagano understands it, anybody been in the military, when I got over there, my first day over there, uh, I was an E-4. You know, I was an E-4. I was put in charge of a number of other men over there that were E-1s and E-2s. But they had been over there for about six months. Now, let me ask you a question. Who had the experience? Them or me? Come on, participation time here. They did, amen? Now, if, if I was smart, I was in charge of them, but if I was smart and I wanted to go back home alive, <laughs> which I did, who would I take advice from? Those guys that were under me. Because they had more experience. Huh? But see, there came a time, though, when somebody had to call the shots, and who was that? That was me. Does that make me more? No, it doesn't. But somebody just, hey, where's my football? Is my football guy here tonight? See here? Where's he at? Did he skip out? Yeah. Who's the guy that likes football? Somebody Sunday morning. Somebody like, who likes football? Anybody here like football? Who likes football? Come on, who likes You like, oh, brother, I, I can tell you're a football guy. Football. You've got, a, uh, you've got an average mediocre quarterback. Okay? Kind of like the guy playing for the Bears. You got an average, get this folks, stay with me, you got an average mediocre quarterback, okay? Playing with that average quarterback, you've got a superstar Hall of Fame running back. Everybody, even those that don't know football, you understand my terminology, right? Now, let me ask you the question. Who's the better? Who's the best? Who's the more, who, who, who's just better? The running back. Any question? No question. But who calls the plays? The quarterback. Are there some light bulbs going on? That's the way God has set it up in the marriage. Somebody has to call the shots. If a man is smart, he'll talk to his wife. My wife, she's smarter than me. I, I'm, I'll admit that. She, she, she's a lot smarter than me. Academically, she'll run circles around me. My wife is my closest friend. My wife is my number one counselor. You know what? I never, get this, I never make any major decisions without talking it over with her. Never! But, after we're done talking and counseling, there comes a time when I have to call the plays. Hmm? You understand this a little bit better? First Corinthians, if you have your Bibles, just turn over there real quickly there. First Corinthians chapter 11. Just look at that real quickly. And look at verse 3. First Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. But I would have you to know that the head of every man is Christ. And the head of every woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. Now, what is God's order of authority? He gives it right here in 1 Corinthians 11.3. God's order of authority is this. Number one, God the Father. Am I not right? Number two, God the Son. Number three, man. And at the bottom is who? Come on. The woman. Now, you sit here and say, well, Brother Bears, that proves it right there. The woman is at the bottom of the totem pole. Amen? I mean, the woman is under man, so she has to be 
inferior. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. God the Son is under God the Father. Does that make Him inferior? No! You see, this is what I'm trying to get across. Listen, submission is not inferiority, it is superiority. Ladies, understand this. You are never more like the Lord Jesus Christ when you submit. And you are never more like the devil when you are disobedient and rebellious and sneaky to your husbands. First of all, you want to be the prime rib? Number one, you will have or you'll work at the spirit of submission. Number two, you want to be the prime rib and not the spare rib? You will work at or have in your life what I call the spirit of silence. Now don't, don't get nervous here, amen? Remember what I just said earlier? I am not a Neanderthal, amen? But just listen to what I'm about to say here, okay? You will work at having the spirit of silence. If you had your Bibles again, I, I, I really love this one. Not because my wife is never silent either, <laughs> okay? If you have your Bibles real quickly, let me show you what, that, what that's talking about there. Turn over to 1 Peter chapter 3. I think by the time we've done explaining this, I think all the ladies here would say, boy, preacher, you're absolutely right. 1 Peter chapter 3. I don't have time to read this whole thing, but, but for the sake of time, look at verse 4. Just look at verse 4 real quickly here. But let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a, what? Meek and quiet spirit. Which, now, see, so often we just focus on that. But God is not done talking about this. Look what He has to say about this. Which is in the sight of the husband. Is that what it says? I borrowed the wrong Bible from your preacher, Amen. I got the NIV from him, amen? <laughs> Which is in the sight of God of great price. Verse 2, he talks about the woman being chased. And then in verse 2, he talks about fear, reverence, a respectful reverence. And then in verses 3 and 4, he talks about the lady having a meek and quiet spirit. Now, you look at that word meek. What is the opposite of meek? Self-will, is it not? Assertive, aggressive argumentative, rash, rebellious. That is the opposite of meek and quiet. Verse 4 again. Even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God, great price. I don't know if you've... Uh, the, uh, the big thing today, I guess, uh, I, I, you can probably tell I read newspapers a lot, but... Uh, the USA Today a while ago talked about that one of the big things today is where people bring in junk from their from their uh, garage and their attic. Anybody ever see that stuff? It's on. I guess it's a big thing on uh, what PBS, public television, you know. And and they 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 bring this stuff in. And the question is, is it junk or is it treasure? Is that what they you know? But they had a big article on that in USA Today. And uh, I guess on this show, I guess it's, it's probably the most popular show from what they were saying, but, but they have experts there that can tell the trash from the treasure. In that article, they talked about a couple, and they were, they were cleaning out the attic. They're just throwing junk out. And they, they came across an end table. It had nicks on it and worn, it was old. And they were, they were getting ready to throw it away. They're just going to throw it in the trash. And somebody said, you ought to take it to one of these things and have it appraised. And so they took it to one of these TV shows, these PBS, whatever it is that they have. What, what is it called? That's, that's, yeah, I need to write that down because I couldn't, you know, couldn't remember that. Antique Roadshow, is that what it's called? They took it to one of these antique roadshows, and, and right away they had one of these experts, they get them really neat, talking about it and everything there, and... And uh, I guess then they asked him, well, what do you think it's worth? And uh, according to the article, they thought it was worth, you know, by the time he got done talking, they thought, well, maybe we got a little bit of money here, you know. They said, well, maybe it's worth two or three hundred dollars. And he said, no, he said, it's not worth two or three hundred dollars. He said, it's worth over two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Something that they're going to throw in the trash. <laughs> How would you like to hit something like that, huh? 
Now, listen, here's the point. The experts are the ones that can tell the trash from the treasure. Now, here's the point, ladies. God is the judge. He is the expert of all things. God is the one that is going to judge the trash from the treasure in our lives someday. And here's what God says, ladies. It's, it, well, I tell you what, he doesn't say this about men. He says this about ladies. God says a meek and a quiet spirit is of great price. It's of great value. He says, ladies, don't undervalue this. Ladies, don't throw this out. Because someday, if you treasure this, if you work at this, you are going to receive a great reward for this someday. Pretty important, isn't it? Proverbs 31, 26. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. It's the opposite from argumentative, isn't it? It's the opposite from brashness. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 11 and 12. Let the woman learn in silence with all subjection. But I will suffer not a woman to teach nor to observe authority over the man, but to be in silence. Proverbs 13, 19. The contentions of a wife are a continual dropping. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 9. It is better to dwell in the corner of a housetop than with a brawling woman in a wide house. <laughs> Amen. Hmm? Somebody one time said the difference between a loud woman and a woman of a meek and quiet spirit is the difference between sunshine and fireworks. There, can I just, I'll just say this from a man's perspective. There is something about a wife or a woman that has a meek and a quiet spirit. Am I not right, men? There is something about a wife that works at having a meek and a quiet spirit that attracts and keeps and interests a man or a husband. Girls, girls, listen. I know we have some here you're not married yet. But if you're depending on outward beauty to catch and keep a man, you can forget it your parents will see that you don't stay outwardly beauty. You say, Preacher, what do you mean by that? My parents. Mother nature and father time. Amen? They'll see to it. You say, Brother Barons, you're ruining my day. No, let me tell you something. I'm going to make your day. Do you know what the secret, really, the secret to perpetual beauty? You know the little ditty, don't you? Beauty fades, but ugly holds its own. Huh? Do you know what never fades? Do you know what never corrupts? And over the years, it's more and more and more increasingly beautiful. The ornament of a meek and quiet spirit. Hmm? I've seen, listen, I'm just being honest here. I just, you know, I, sometimes I say stuff that other people, you know, but I, I'm, just, I'm just trying to be honest. I've seen beautiful women. I've seen nice looking women get rebellious. And every man here has. Am I not right? You look at them on the outside, you say, oh, that's a, that's a real pretty woman. But then all of a sudden, you watch them when they get mad or they get... You know what? Listen, they're as ugly as all get out. I look and say, man, you look at, oh, that's a pretty woman. And then, then they go... Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, am I glad I'm not married to that? Oh, my! Huh? I mean, man, you see it in the eyes. And the countenance. And the corners of their mouth, they can't smile right. <laughs> huh? What is, listen, we laugh, but you know what? What's their, they don't have that natural beauty. That natural beauty that God gives to every woman. It's what makes their husband want to be around them. And when they lose that, they turn inwardly ugly. And really, the husband doesn't want to be around them. The spirit of submission. The spirit of silence. Real quickly. Number three. If you want to be the prime rib and not the spare rib, you'll work at having what I call the spirit of selflessness. The spirit of selflessness. 
Proverbs chapter 31. In fact, that whole chapter would be good to preach on, but we don't have the time tonight. But Proverbs chapter 31, verse 28. Verse 28, the spirit of selflessness. Her children rise up, arise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praiseth her. What is this? This is a woman or a, a, uh, a lady that lives for others. But wait a minute, not just for others, but primarily her husband. Can I let you, how many ladies like to be let in a little secret? You like to be let in a little secret tonight? Come on, raise your hand. Come on now. Come on, yeah, okay. I'm going to let you in a little secret here. God has given or put in to every man an ego. Are you aware of that? Somebody, oh, I didn't even have to tell some of you. They go, oh, you don't have to tell me. Wait a minute. God has put into every man an ego, listen, which desires to lead. Say, preacher, what's your point? Here's the point. Every wise wife. Did you get that? Every wise wife has learned that that ego is there. And in the right way, in the right way, she will feed that ego. Ladies, understand this. Man is ego-driven. Listen, does not, listen, does not God command the man to love his wife? Yes or no? Why does God have to give the man a command to love his... You know why? Because man left to himself loves who? Himself, because he's got that ego. That's why God has to command the man to love his wife. And ladies, understand something. The words that come out of your mouth can hurt, hinder, wound, bruise, and yes, even destroy your marriage. Or they can build up that marriage. It's an ego. Come on, come on, preacher. Hmm? Yeah, it's there. And every wise woman in that marriage, in a spiritual sense, in a right sense, will feed that ego. You know what? Listen, ladies. When you married your husband, you thought he was the greatest man in the world. Am I not right? Huh? And at least both of you agreed on one thing, because he thought he was the greatest in the world too. Amen? <laughs> now, here's the point. Why don't you keep that spirit? Man, I married the greatest guy in the world. Keep that spirit. Keep that attitude. Be proud of him. Compliment him. Encourage him. Let him know you love him. Why? Because men need that. They need that. Marley, my wife, Marley, Marley says, she goes, honey, she says, you know what? I said, what? She goes, you're my favorite preacher. And I thought. <laughs> but you know what? It wouldn't be any laughing matter if I wasn't. You guys know what I'm talking about. We're driving home from a conference. Turn to her and say, "Well, what do you what do you think about what do you think about tonight?" Oh, I tell you, oh, brother Coffey preached a good message, didn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. I really like I really like brother Coffey's message. It, oh, I really did. Yeah. But you know what, honey? Yours was the best. Huh? You're laughing. But ladies, that's a man. Am I not right, brother? And you as the wife need to meet those emotional needs. Listen, be thankful for him. Uh, uh, show him. Let him know. And I'll, t I'll make you a guarantee. You see, there's an old saying, familiarity breeds contempt. In other words, we begin to take each other for granted. It works both ways too, doesn't it? And we get to complaining. We get to complaining about what we ought to be thankful for. Ladies, think about this. Think about what you could be married to tonight. Hmm? 
there's a lot, I don't mean this in the wrong way. I think, I'm, I'm trying to make a point here, but there's a lot of ladies that would give anything to maybe trade places with you. There's a lot of ladies tonight, tonight, that have to put up with drinking, husbands, cursing, husbands that run around, husbands that abuse their wives, husbands that show their wives no attention, husbands that don't love God, absentee dads, huh? You think about it, you got a lot to be thankful for. Spirit of selflessness. A wife whose life revolves around her husband. She encourages him, she brags on him, she builds him up. I'll tell you what, it'll revolutionize your marriage if you do that. It really will. The spirit of submission, the spirit of silence, the spirit of selflessness. Number five, four here, real quickly. Number four, the spirit of safety. The spirit of safety. You say, preacher, what's that? Let me give you a couple of verses. 1 Corinthians 14.35 And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home. Proverbs 31.11 The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her. Proverbs 31.12 She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. Let me ask you a question, ladies. Just answer it in your heart. As you're sitting here tonight, when, when situations and things come up, do you seek your husband's guidance? Do you trust his opinion? Or do you have a tendency of maybe going to somebody else and saying, well, what do you think about this? Hmm? I've had ladies say, well, I married him, but I don't trust his decisions. Well, look who he married. Hmm? You trusted his decision enough that you married him. I know my wife, she... She gets a lot of people that, because I'm on the road, she'll have people come over. What do you think about this? What do you, what, uh, a lot of questions. She always says, uh, you, you, need to, you need to give Bill a call and ask him. Or I need to check with Bill. You know what that does? That takes a lot of pressure off her. And it would take a lot of pressure off you if you had that attitude. I'm simply asking you this, ladies, as you sit here tonight. Does your husband know, does your husband know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you trust Him. That He can trust you. Does He know that you look up to Him? Uh, that you love Him? That you value His opinions? That you value His, his uh, uh, decisions? Uh, that you're committed to Him for life, no matter what? Ephesians 5.33 Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself. And the wife, notice that, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. Real quickly, last thing here. Number one, the spirit of submission, the spirit of silence, the spirit of selflessness, the spirit of safety. And then number five, the spirit, this is very quick here, the spirit of service. The spirit of service. What's that? Well, turn back now to Genesis chapter 2. The last thing we're going to talk about here. Genesis chapter 2, and look at verse 18. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. Now look down at verse 24. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. You know what I think? I believe there's absolutely nothing better, there's absolutely nothing greater than the husband and the wife going through life together serving God. Huh? Nothing better than that. There's nothing better than the wife as they go through that life, than the wife encouraging her husband as he serves God. And when that wife does that, think about this, when that wife does that, when that mother does that, there's a secondary blessing. What's that? She then is also an example for her children and her grandchildren and the other young girls in the church. You ever look at it that way? The daughters say, you know what? I want to be just like my mom. The grandbabies see it. Other young girls that maybe don't have that in their home, they say, you know what? Man, I, I, I want to be just like Mrs. So-and-so. Boy, they seem to have such a great marriage. There, I really believe there is nothing greater than everybody, I mean everybody, no doubts, no questions, 
everybody knowing that that wife, that mother, loves and is behind her husband as he serves the Lord. Ruth, I, great verse here, Ruth chapter 3 and verse 11. I love this verse. Ruth 3.11 says this, For all the city, did you get that? I mean everybody. For all the city of my people, know that thou art a virtuous woman. Wow, what a testimony, huh? Ladies, do you pray for your husband every day? Do you pray for your, do you ask God every day, oh God, bless my husband. Lord, meet his needs. Lord, uh, protect my husband. Protect him. Lord, uh, uh, make my, my husband a man after God's own heart. Make, make my husband a, a loving husband. Make him a loving father. Give him wisdom to make the right kind of decisions. You work at being his best friend, not to be too negative. I know it comes up sometimes, but not to be too negative. You know what I've seen? I have seen, it's almost every church I get into, and preacher, I know you're no exception to the rule. I know you've over 25 years. I know, preacher, I know you've, you've only been there four years, but you've probably seen it too. But I have seen good men quit the church. Quit serving God. Turn on a good pastor. You know why? Because of a wife. Because of a wife that was determined that she was going to do her own thing. That marriage and that family, who knows where they're at today. I've seen everywhere I go. Who knows where they're at today? But they're not where God wants them. You know why? Because there's a wife. There's a woman that says, I'm not going to be the prime rib. I'm going to be the spare rib. And that's so sad. And she will answer to that. Listen, she will answer to that as much as the man will answer for his leadership. My prayer is that God will give us a generation of wives, ladies, that work to meet the requirements being a prime rib. Amen? The right kind of wife. Then we have a generation of young ladies here. You're not married yet, but already you're praying that God will not only bring the right man to you, but that when God does bring that right man to you, that you're going to work to be the right kind of a wife. I trust that's what you'll do. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Every head bowed, every eye closed. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go through all these and